They're looking to redirect $1.8 billion that they already spend on purchase cards to small businesses that are located right outside of their gates. And so if you go and if you can Google this Air Force bases near me first look program. But if you go to their Osdebu map, their Office of Small Disadvantaged Business Utilization, um, you can actually find the purchase card holders. You can search and it'll bring up a map and it'll show you the purchase card holders in your region, their phone numbers, their names. Remember, we're talking taxpayer dollars. I get to know who can spend my taxpayer dollars. Three. Two, one, zero, ignition, liftoff. Ending small business failure. Welcome to the Small Biz Chat Podcast with the number one small business expert, Melinda Emerson. Melinda's goal is to end small business failure, and she'll give you the information you need to succeed and live the life you dream of. Now, here's the small biz lady herself, Melinda Emerson. Everybody, I'm Melinda Emerson, small biz lady, America's number one small business expert, and I am proud to welcome you tonight to Small Biz Chat Podcast, and I am so excited to be here with you tonight. We have an amazing show in store. Now, here on the Small Biz Chat Podcast, we talk about how to start and grow successful small businesses, and my guests have amazing insight to share, and you're going to get sage advice from multiple perspectives, is a peer-to-peer interview show that gives small business owners a way to get invaluable business advice. And our mission is to end small business failure. So now let me introduce my guest. Her name is Serena Moore Thomas. She's the CEO of the Highmark Group. She is an accomplished mompreneur, author, speaker, and strategist, affectionately known as the destroyer of comfort zone. Despite being a teen mom of twins, with no college degree. She has led several multi-million dollar businesses and won hundreds of federal contracts and continues to empower business leaders around the world. Serena's entrepreneur accomplishments have been featured in the New York Times, NBC Nightly News, Black Enterprise, Essence, Upscale, and on BET. For more information, go to serenathomas.com. Serena, welcome to the Small Biz Chat Podcast. Hey, Melinda, how are you? Thank you for having me. Oh, gosh, I'm so excited to be here. Now, I know I've known you for a long time, but my audience may not be familiar with you. So tell me your origin story. How did you get from, you know, teenage mama twins to where you are today? So the the very short version is this. Um, While my friends were preparing to go to college and have an epic summer that senior year of high school, um, I was definitely preparing for single parenthood. I had an opportunity about two months later after graduation to work with my father on a construction site. Um, It was on that site we found out a contractor was awarded a six-figure contract to do what he already knew how to do. Um, And he told me if I can figure out how to start a business, he would do the service and we could have our own business. And that was the birth of my uh, uh, entrepreneurial journey. So we started this business in my brother's old bedroom. We paid our first employee with my father's unemployment check. And we grew this business from zero to over about a a couple million in sales in about six years. And I had no idea that was even a big accomplishment. But during that time, you know, there was no Google. There was no uh, there's no FaceTime and no Facebook and no Instagram and no LinkedIn. It was, you know, AOL dial up. (laughs) Right. Figure it out. 
And so that's what I did. How did you get into federal contracting? That first contract you heard about, was that a federal contract or did you get into federal contracting later? So got into federal contracting later. So like most small businesses, I um, went after the alphabet soup. You know what I'm talking about? All these certifications. So I was MBE, WBE, DBE, 8A, HIJK, LMNOP, NAACP, like every single certification that existed, I went after. Um, and it was the 8A, uh, the, the number eight, the letter A um, certification through the Small Business Administration that pushed me into federal contracting. It's, it's a business development certification, the only one of its kind. And so once I entered that program, few, a few years into it, I was able to discover how powerful it is to do business with the federal government. So is there a difference between like federal contracting and state and local government contracting? For sure. For sure. There's definitely a difference between um, the federal and the, the state and local. So um, I, I call it going to where the money resides. You know, the money resides at the federal level, right? And that budget is passed down the state and then local and municipal. And so um, I decided that it was just harder for me personally to do business in the city and in the state. It was just, it was more difficult. Um, the market was, it was smaller. It, it was a little bit of work and a lot of people fighting for it. And so at the federal level, I found a bigger pool to swim in. And so that's what I decided to do. But there's a huge difference, definitely. So speaking of that, if someone's thinking about a business model or expanding their business model right now, do you think that looking in the federal contracting space makes sense? So federal, yes, makes a whole lot of sense for multiple reasons. One, they never run out of money. Contrary to popular belief, they can print their own legally, okay? Um, they are spending $500 billion a year um, in contracting and about, let's see, $197, 200000000000 is set aside for small businesses. So you have a huge market. They're the largest customer in the world. There are so many initiatives right now specifically for small disadvantaged businesses. Um, there are initiatives from the White House. Um, there's an initiative right now to spend, um, to increase the contracts going to small disadvantaged businesses by 50% over the next four years. That equates to $100 billion um, to small businesses. It's, it, it's a great opportunity. So tell me about if I want to get started with federal contracting, you got to get registered, right? So tell me about SAM and what is that? Yeah. So you do, you do have to register in SAM.gov. I mean, it's, if you've, ha if you've applied to any other certification or any other program, it's about the same. I mean, people make a big deal about it and there are people who charge you to do that for you. And, and you know, if you don't want to do it, then you should do, go that route. But you can do it yourself. You do need to commit some time. I, I suggest you connect with somebody that knows what they're doing, but you have free resources to do so. But the only thing you need to do really is SAM.gov. There's no longer a DUNS number necessary, so they have the unique identifier now, and you can get all of that on SAM.gov. And I think every small business should be registered, at least registered in SAM.gov. Whether you know you're going to do business with the government or not, you should at least go through the process of registering to do business. Okay. All right. So your claim to fame is that you help people win contracts without writing proposals. And I, I am, my ears perked up when you said this is the topic that you wanted to talk about. I was like, okay, 
break that down for me because part I mean I almost feel like working on a federal proposal is like a hazing process like literally it like, is. it's like one of the most painful things I I have ever done in my life and my business graduated from the 8A program gosh mid-2000s <laughs> but I will tell you that doing business with the federal government is is nobody's joke <laughs> but but I want you to break it down for us when yes. you say get contract without proposal, what are you talking about? So here's the deal, Melinda. I sat in the front row of a PTEC conference, right? And a PTEC Procurement Technical Assistance Center. They are free. They offer services to help you do business with the government. Okay, so that's somewhere you should go. But they pulled up a slide that had like 22 points on it. Like, this is how you do business with the government. And I sat there looking like, uh, what you talking about, Willis? There has to be, like, there has to be an easier way <laughs> to do this. And so there was. There, There's a few ways to win. The federal government also buys by, well, one, they buy various ways. The purchase card is a powerful way to do business with the federal government without writing proposals. What am I talking about? Well, you, you the, the federal government buys everything from chicken to dog food, to yoga instructors, to aircraft parts, right? So they buy everything, catering services, janitorial, IT, you name it, they buy it. Um, but there are these government purchase card holders that exist all over the country in every single agency, and they can spend on their government credit card up to $10,000. These are not opportunities that you're gonna find on SAM. These are opportunities you develop relationships for. My very first janitorial contract was done with a purchase card. It wasn't something that went out to for solicitation because legally, the government doesn't have to, to um, publicize if it's under $25,000. And so if you read on SAM.gov, or yeah, SAM.gov, which used to be FBO, whatever, it'll say these are contracting opportunities. Most of these are $25,000 and above. So what about what happens $25,000 and below? So imagine if you can win $10,000 at a time. What would that do for your business? So that's only one way, though. We got time for another? Oh, please. I mean, okay. I so the purchase cards, you have your purchase cards and I did a janitorial services one for with a purchase card. Right. Um, the simplified acquisition procedure is really what I'm talking about. So that's FAR Part 13. The FAR is the federal acquisition regulation. OK, FAR Part 13 talks about simplified acquisitions. The threshold for simplified acquisitions is two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Okay, so $250,000 and below, the government can use a simplified procedure. So there's purchase cards, there are purchase orders, right, where they can just place an order for your service. There are RFQs, the request for quote. I work in a specific system called DIBS, supplying items to the Defense Logistics Agency. In DIBS, there's no paper. It's a web-based platform. You enter your price on one form and it's an RFQ. And so there's never a proposal necessary. It's based on price and um, delivery. And so those are options. You have sole source contracts, right? If you're in the 8A program, all of the contracts I won were sole source primarily. And, 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 you know, I have strategies for that. And, and you can find out about that on SerenaThomas.com. <laughs> but so I think I gave you four ways just now. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I get it. So 
So it's, it's about going after that small money, right? I think everyone thinks about the federal government and they think about $5 million, $10 million, $50 million contracts, and they forget about these, these small money contracts that, that you can get just, you know, on a whisper almost, it sounds like. So how do you go about finding who's the card holders? Like, I mean, because I'm assuming there's some kind of directory or something. How do I find out if I want to sell something to the SBA, how do I find out who the card holders are? Yeah. So, and every agency is going to work different. So, right. The, the very first thing you want to do is you want to know who buys what you sell, right? That's part of what you want, want to know who buys what you sell. There are so many agencies and so many offices located within the agencies. It's so much more than, you know, Navy, Marines, the Air Force. There are the office of the interior, the office of the blue cow and the red dove and the, the office of, I mean, they, they have offices. I believe they make up. I'm so serious. Some of them, the names are hilarious, but there are purchase card holders there. The federal government has this thing called like freedom of information, which is another reason why I love them. You can find purchase card holders online. Specifically, I'll talk about the Air Force. Okay. Air Force, they have a program called the First Look Program. They're looking to redirect $1.8 billion that they already spend on purchase cards to small businesses that are located right outside of their gates. And so if you go and if you can Google this Air Force bases near me, First Look Program. But if you go to their Osdebu map, their Office of Small Disadvantaged Business Utilization, um, you can actually find the purchase card holders. You can search and it'll bring up a map and it'll show you the purchase card holders in your region, their phone numbers, their names. Remember, we're talking taxpayer dollars. I get to know who can spend my taxpayer dollars. And if you think about it that way, you go searching that way, <laughs> right? So, so it's really about narrowing down on the agency and then drilling and then like kind of drilling down from there. Yeah. Like the office and kind of getting some direction there. And your Azibu can be the first stop. That's like one of the first places you should always go. And then they can even direct you to the program office and then to the purchase card holders. Okay. So what about federal contract vehicles like GSA schedule and things like that? Mm -hmm. um, are those necessary? Are those helpful? They are absolutely not necessary. Helpful, depending on what you do. Um, it, it just, it depends on what you're selling to the government. There's more money spent on purchase cards than there is GSA. <laughs> really? Really? I actually, um, I actually did not know that. And so, you, yeah, you could, you could do the numbers. I mean, there's the, the GSA, the GSA schedule is, is great to have. It's a great contracting vehicle, but it's often promoted and sold by people that do the GSA. Um, it's sold as a guaranteed contract. There are no guaranteed contracts. It's not a guaranteed contract. You get this vehicle, you still have to market yourself. You still have to find who's buying what you're selling. You still have to, you know, like, there's things you have to do. Um, so it's not a guaranteed vehicle. So, if I decided, okay, tomorrow I'm going to start pursuing government contracts, what is a reasonable sales cycle or timeline? Like, you know, you, somebody with a P card is not going to meet me and then drop it on me, you know, two weeks later. What is a realistic timeline for my listeners to really kind of understand how long this process actually takes? Got it. So strategy is going to be everything, right? The first thing I have you do is look in your house. Who do you know? 
What relationships can we leverage? Let's talk about agencies. Have you done business with the government before? Have you not? Like, there are a lot of factors that go into play here, right? So have you done any any business at all? Do you have an agency that's located near you? Um, you can call a purchase card holder tomorrow and say, um, and, and I'll just give you all this for free because I teach my students this. I have my students call as students because most people are afraid to make phone calls. It's a, it's a unfortunate, but it's small business stuff, right? And they call purchase card holders. And guess what they say, Miss Melinda? They say, hi, my name is Serena and I'm a student. I'm learning all about simplified acquisitions and purchase card holders. Are there any purchase card holders in your office? Could I speak with one? What kind of things do you guys buy on your purchase card? How do you find small bit? Do you see what I'm saying? So, I, but this is this is all available at Mission 500K. I teach you how to get to it. Okay, Mission500K.com. How to have the 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 hard, uh, frightening phone calls. That's what I call it with my students. How to make the frightening phone calls. And, and no one can see you over the phone going like this, you know, rubbing your hands. Um, so you can do that tomorrow. That's available to you. Interesting. Interesting. Well, I'm going to have you put a pin in that. We're going to go to break. And when we come back, Serena Moore Thomas is going to break down even more for us about how to get a government contract without writing a proposal. I'm Melinda Emerson, the Small Biz Lady. You're watching the Small Biz Chat Podcast, and we will be right back. Hi, I'm Melinda Emerson, Small Biz Lady, and I want to welcome you to Small Biz Lady University. Our mission here is to end small business failure. So all of the courses here are about two things, how to become your own boss or how to make money online. So that's what we do here. So whether you want to learn about email marketing and sales funnels, or you're ready to get started with social media selling, or if you're really just getting started with e-commerce, you might want to jump into our How to Sell and Market Online course. Either way, if you want to learn how to become your own boss and do it well, I have everything you need here at smallbizladyuniversity.com. If you have any questions or have any technical problems getting signed up, just email us at support at melindaemerson.com. Take care. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Small Biz Chat Podcast. All right, Serena, are there certain government agencies that are better to go after? Like, is it all about DOD? Like, you know, or do, do I need to be, is it better to be more niche? You know, is it better to like pick one or two agencies and focus on them? And which ones are, are, are good for the pickings? There, there are a lot. And because I have experience winning both product and service, so after the government, after the cleaning contracting company where we won multiple, you know, contracts, um, five-year contracts, I went on to run another company supplying Boeing aircraft parts to the federal government through DLA, to DLA, the Defense Logistics Agency. And so my experience is both in product and in service. If you're going product, DLA is the place to be. They provide the product for 11 combatants commands, all the different branches of the government. So products, you might want to consider DLA and then the DIBS system, which is the DLA Internet Bid Board System. It's an acronym, DIBS, right? I teach on that system. Not many people teach about that system. I've won hundreds of purchase orders without writing a proposal on the DIB system, right? Um, so if product, I'm gonna I'm gonna point you toward DIBs a little more than other places. If service, it depends. 
IT services, for example, Treasury Department buys tons. I was actually just on a call earlier today and I wrote it on sticky. They spent $145 billion spent with small businesses. Yeah. So Department of Treasury, that's, that might be an opportunity. Department of Education, like there, there are opportunities there, training and IT also. So it really depends on where you are, but USAspending.gov, like you can get the information on who's spending on what you, you sell. So that's where I would, that's what I would say to do. All right. So if you had to recap, like the top three things you need to do to get rolling with government contracting, what is it? So the first thing is to go to mission500k.com and connect with Serena so she can teach you so that you don't bump your head. Okay. Because I'm straight, you know, no chaser. This is, this is it. This is what you see is what you get. So if you're okay with this style, then I'm your girl. Then Sam.gov, right? Sam.gov. You just need to get registered. That's first. The next thing that I would say is I, I would say, go to your PTAC. You have all of these free services, right? But the free services are only as good as the instructions you have on using them, right? So there is PTAC, right? There is SBA, there is SCORE, there is SBDC, there is MBDA. But if you don't know what role they should play in this monster, it's going to be overwhelming and confusing. So after you register for my class, I'll show you how to do all that. And then you'll go to SAM and then you'll go to PTAC. <laughs> okay, that's pretty much what I would say. All right. Well, what's the best business advice you've ever gotten? You do not have to accomplish your whole life's mission this year, Serena. Slow down. Okay. I think that's really, really fair and good advice. <laughs> Thank you so much, Serena, for all of your information. All right, Serena, what's your favorite podcast? I think I would be wrong if I don't choose my own now because I was going to say Melinda's. So now I get a chance to say the BMW life, boss mom, wife life with Serena Moore Thomas. It's totally transparent and amazing, I think. <laughs> well, I'm going to have to check that out. What is your favorite business app, Miss Serena? My favorite one is iThoughts. Definitely iThoughts. It is a mind map app and I'm a brain dumper and a mind mapper. So iThoughts. All right, good stuff. Favorite old school marketing tip. So I was thinking about like how much I miss just having to show up in the room like you were meant to be there, right? And really providing value and not being the, you know, what can you do for me? But showing up in the room, introducing yourself, but looking for ways to provide value and showing up like you were meant to be there. I like it. I like it. I call that being more interested than interesting, right? Yeah, yes. definitely. You want to look for ways that you can serve always. My favorite old school marketing tip is actually writing handwritten notes. That's what I still do that. Mm. And I love that. treasure them. And even when people buy like one of my autograph books off my site, I always write something personal in it. I can't tell you how many times I've seen on social media, somebody took a picture of the little note I put in the book because it yeah. meant so much to them. All right, last question. What is the best business book you've ever read? Best business book you've ever read? Who Not How was like transformational, um, especially when it comes to like leading a team and just like, it's not so much about focusing on the how to, how do I do this? How do I do it? It's about identifying the who, 
not the how, and I can't remember the name of the author because I'm drawing a blank. And so I was trying to look it up. I'm familiar with the book though. So yeah. most, most business people are the, the who, not the how. Dan thing. Sullivan. Yeah. Yes. Great book. Thank you all for joining me for this episode of the Small Bitch Chat Podcast. If you're still working on your digital pivot, please take advantage of Small Biz Lady University. We have four courses available for you to take your business to the next level. And I want to invite you to check them out because everyone deserves to make the money that they work so hard for. So listen, a mission of Small Biz Chat is to end small business failure. I'm Melinda Emerson, Small Biz Lady, your host. And I will leave you with this. You never lose in business. Either you win or you learn. Good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Small Biz Chat Podcast with Melinda Emerson. For more resources and small business success strategies, visit succeedasyourownboss.com. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and join us next Wednesday.